My name's Tina Waldrum. I'm the host of this podcast. This show is all about giving you, the listener, actionable insights to share your faith. I interview church leaders and congregation members alike to gain some understanding that both you and I can implement to share Jesus. Every week I work hard to locate and interview someone who can share their experience. Can you do me a favour? Would you mind sharing today's episode with one or two people that you know? One or two people that would be encouraged, that would be helped by today's content. Just copy the link and send it on via text or email. I'd love to see more people encouraged to share their faith. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum and I'm speaking today with Joe Vitor in Western Australia. We're going to be talking about miracles and the goodness of God. Welcome to you, Joe. How are you, Tina? I am fantastic and it's great to have somebody from the West. Today we're going to be talking with Joe about this topic because Joe was actually raised in India as a Catholic, had quite an amazing encounter with Jesus who became very real to him and is in Australia now and sharing his faith leading with the love of God that's reaching people and seeing people come to faith rather than the fear of God. So, Joe, tell us about this time that you did actually go to a tent meeting in India and Jesus became real to you. So that was when I finished my engineering degree and I was thinking about what to do next. You know, I was thinking about doing master's program. And I just want to go somewhere and relax. You know, I just want to go for a retreat. You know, it sounded right. So I was expecting five, six people. I walked into this place and there were 35,000 people there. And people, I, I was just looking around, they were just shouting hallelujah and all that thing. And I was a bit embarrassed for them. I was sitting in the very back, observing what is happening here. And I realized pretty much everyone there, they had some sort of ailment, either cancer, AIDS, hole in the heart, crippled or whatever. And I was just thinking, well, what am I doing in this crazy place? And anyway, I decided to stay overnight. And the next day, I was thinking about going back home, but I I saw crippled walking, hole in the heart. The guy was on the stretcher, came in an ambulance. Now he's walking and giving a testimony. And all kinds of people, people on drugs, you know, now they're throwing the drugs in the fire. And I was thinking, this is crazy. But I'm, I'm curious, inquisitive, what's happening here? And I, I had to say, I stayed back. And on the fifth day, I said, God, you know what? You're so real. I knew that historically Christ existed, but now... I see what he's doing. I want to walk and share love like Christ. Yeah, that is amazing. And so what, you've just kind of moved from this nominal, I guess, Christianity to more of a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Is that how you describe it? <laughs> Absolutely. It changed me completely. Incredible. So now you're in Australia, and my understanding is that you wanted to be able to share your faith, although you were quite scared of speaking publicly. So how did you first start to learn to share your faith? And was that a little bit fear-focused? I, I was completely petrified, even imagining trying to talk to somebody or sharing, sharing about Jesus. And you know, year, years went by. After a few years, I was just sharing my fear with this man, you know, from Slumberjay, you know, Zach. I, I just told him, I don't know. I really want to share about Jesus, but I'm so scared. He said, "Come to my church, and we're we're having a workshop. 
I said, yeah, absolutely, I will come. And I did the workshop with them and uh, still I was completely in fear. I, I just couldn't open my mouth and my throat would dry up, you know. And But they said, come with us and we'll just do some door knocking. And we went through a couple of suburbs, you know, door knocked pretty much every house is there and tried to share. But the way they were sharing the gospel was more like a selling fire insurance, you know. That's how I started. Okay. Well, that is so interesting that you can even articulate that and say that you felt like it was selling fire insurance. Tell me a little bit about that because I think sometimes as Christians, we can actually feel like we need to talk about Jesus that way, but we actually on the inside feel that it's wrong. (laughs) What were you saying to people? Well, you know, because I was so scared, you know, they, they gave me a script, you know, we kind of sell pretty much, you know, in, I'm summarizing as a fire insurance, we sell them. And that didn't fit with the goodness I experienced at the 10 meeting. And God was not, you know, Jesus was not expecting anything back from anyone. And he was just giving away his love, pouring out his love to people who don't even deserve it. And coming from all kinds of background, Muslims, Hindus, everyone is getting healed and you know, not even making any kind of commitments and they're just getting healed and experiencing experiencing this love of Jesus and walking away, falling in love with him. This doesn't fit with the way we are selling. He's talking about this angry God, you know, um, going to consume you unless you take this insurance, you know. Uh, that didn't fit very well in my heart. In fact, I was not even convinced when I was sharing that with people. You know what, even though I went and shared this like this for over 10 years, probably a couple of people would have responded. Even then, it's only out of their fear they would have responded, you know. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because I was guilty of that as a new Christian. I thought, oh, this is the way (laughs) to go about things. But there is a discrepancy, isn't there, when we say God loves you and that comes out of our mouth. They're a contradiction with each other. Absolutely, it is. And even as a person who's sharing this good news, it never felt like it's a good news what I'm sharing. Right, exactly. And if it doesn't feel like good news to us, I'm sure it's not good news to people that are listening. Not at all. (laughs) So you moved, Joe, to more of a style of ensuring that there was a space of integrity, I guess, between the two, knowing that God does love people and it's the love of God that um, brings people to repentance. So you started going out on the streets in Western Australia. Tell us about this guy that you meet under a tree, which really was the starting point of you moving out in this new way. Yeah, you know what, you know, I I saw, you know, because I was so passionate reading Bible and understanding and learning and and what I see in Bible, in, in, in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, it never scare people to accept Jesus, you know? So even Jesus himself, you know, was showing his love, unconditional love to people. And I thought, you know, as an engineer, as a nerd, I really want to see, okay, how this works, you know? So I I, I thought, okay, I'm just going to go to the King's Park, which is the, you know, a park close to our house, and uh, take my mobile phone, and I'm just going to do exactly what the way Jesus did. and and. Partly, I want to convince myself that, you know, God is so good, He wants to really, you know, show His love to everyone, you know, and I want to see that on the phone so I, I can believe myself. And that's what I did. I just walked around the phone and I was looking for somebody to pray for. And I saw this man sitting down the tree 
and he's looking really sad. And I just went and asked him, why you're sad? He, he said, you know what, when I was young, I had an you know, accident. I broke my vertebrae in two places and I got healed. So I asked him, what's the pain right now? I mean, because, you know, he's talking about pain from there, you know. He said, well, I live with this pain every day. It's five out of ten, ten being really bad. So um, I asked him, so is that the reason? He said, no, I also had another accident where I broke my vertebrae in two places and it got healed, but it's constant pain, five out of ten again. I said, okay, these two are the problems, right? No, I got Achilles tendinoides or something like that, you know, on the, you know, uh, on the feet and it got so much pain there, nine out of ten. And then all of a sudden I realized this man is in constant pain. No wonder he's sitting under the tree. I told him, watch this. Nothing else. I said, watch this. And he said, okay, are you some sort of um, healer or doctor or something? No, I said, no, just relax. And I just started praying for him. And he started laughing um, because as soon as I told the name Jesus, he started laughing. He said, you know, mate, you got a wrong guy. I'm an aeronautical engineer and I don't believe in a God. I said, I'm a computer science engineer. It doesn't matter. Um, if, if you jump from top of a building, even if I don't believe in gravity, I'm only going to prove it, right? So is that okay if I just continue? He said, yeah, sure, go ahead and record it, all of it, okay? I said, sure, I will record it. And I recorded, I prayed, I thought, okay, I'll start with the back. Pray for the back. He got completely healed and I asked him, what's the pain level? He said, I don't have any pain on my back, but I believe you if my ribs get healed. I said, okay, let's see what happens. And I just prayed for his ribs and he got healed. So he went and did the kind of things that could have uh, aggravated that pain. He did some push-ups and, and sit-ups or all kinds of things he did. And I, I still have the video on the YouTube. And he said, you know what? I won't believe you. I said, okay, I didn't ask you to believe me. Um, but if the, you know, the Achilles tendinoid goes away, I will believe. I said, it's up to you. And I prayed and that pain completely went away. He said, you know what? I'm going to run around and see if it's going to come back. I said, yeah, sure. I'm going to take a video of that also. And he ran around, came back and he said, I don't have any pain, but I don't believe you anyway. I said, that's okay. And he, you know, and he's about to go and I asked him, you know, you had pain on your back, five out of 10. What's the pain level now? He said, zero. Um, okay, on the, with, the, with the ribs, you had five out of 10. What's the pain level now? He said, zero. Okay, at least tendinoides, you had nine out of 10. What's the pain level now? Zero. But you know what, Joe, I don't believe you. And he walked away. I said, that's okay. But once you taste the goodness of God, you know, they will never forget it. Bible says, goodness of the Lord lead us repentance, metanoia, repentance, metanoia. It's like when I dated my wife, eventually she realized the goodness of my heart and she gave her life. You know, she decided to share life with me. The same thing. He's just started his journey there. Fantastic. I absolutely love this. And I can see, I know that our listeners <laughs> can't see your face here, but just, you know, the, the love in your eyes for people and God, it's just so obvious. And it must feel different talking to people that way than when you were knocking on doors. Absolutely. You know what? My heart moves when I talk about the love of Jesus, you know, because I, I've experienced it. I've seen thousands of people experiencing this, you know, on the street, thousands of people. And people who are drunk, you know, getting healed. People who, who don't deserve that in this community, they're getting healed. We can't even plug them back into the church. They're getting healed. That's the love of God. You know, I know that once you 
taste a good thing, you'll always come back to it. There's nothing else out there. Yeah. So, Joe, I've got tears in my eyes listening to you. So, Joe, there's a lot in it as a believer that we truly represent the heart of God and Jesus himself. That's what I'm hearing from you. It's very important that as a believer there's a that integrity in our own lives and being able to represent him well. Yes, absolutely. And all of a sudden you realize, you know, Christ is all and in all. It's just that you just come to somebody and just value for who they are. You know, the lost sheep, he doesn't have any idea, you know, he's lost. But then this this good shepherd will go and risk his life and give everything away to rescue and bring it to that place. The lost coin, it has value. It doesn't even have any idea where it's lost. But, you know, he will go through everything. She will go through everything and find it and put it back in circulation. It's the same with, the, you know, that prodigal son, you know. He, you know, he doesn't deserve it. It's only the hunger brought him back. But dad knows better. He's my son. He's valued. He restored and put him, bring him back home. It's the same thing I see on the street. Nothing, no difference. Incredible. It must be difficult to get people. I know a little bit of your background and you reach some very needy people on the streets. Is it hard to get people connected into our mainstream churches or does it, it have to look another way? A lot of these people, you know, coming from background of prostitution or people or completely drunkards and, you know, addicted uh, people, we can't bring them back to church. And I, I, I'm seeing it happening that, you know, church can't really deal with them. You know, it, other people get scared. So I, I started going to home groups and here and there. And or sometimes, you know, they, they're not ready. Only Christ can make them whole to that level where they can be plugged in. You know, there's no one else can help them at all. And I've seen Christ healing their heart instantly like that. He said, I come to heal the broken heart. People who are suicidal getting healed, their heart getting healed, just like that. He just a snap of a second, not by long conversation, you know. He knows how to heal a heart, just like that. And they walk away set free. And at some stage, I know that his faithfulness bring them back to a church. We try to plug in people to churches. And uh, yeah, even, um, you know, other communities like, you know, Muslim communities, and we reach out to all those people. Yeah, so sometimes it's very difficult when you do reach um, broken people to try and go a traditional model, I guess, is what I'm saying. So it's it can't be the reason also why we don't reach out to people. You know, sometimes we can think, oh, well, they're never going to fit in into my church or a church. It still can't be the reason to not show the love of God and offer to pray for people in ways that, that you're doing. Yeah. The, one of the things, you know, we have in our mind that, you know, it, it, they have to change to a person where it fit with the theologies of the church. No, Jesus is not trying to do that. Jesus, you know, in fact, by, you know, John 5, 13 and somewhere there it says, you know, like you study the scriptures thinking there is life in it. I'm paraphrasing it. But it points to the one who can give life. That is Christ. And he says, Jesus says, but you reject him. But, you know, we're trying to, you know, teach them scriptures. No, the only person who can give life for these people are Christ. And he knows how to touch their heart. He knows how to transform their heart. He knows how to completely change them so that they will be a blessing for their families and their communities, you know. I get passionate sometimes (laughs) talking about it. (laughs) It's so great to hear 
Tell me another story of how you've been seeing, you know, healing coming to people's lives, miracles and the goodness of God. Absolutely. And now we're living in a COVID season, right? Now, um, early days of COVID, you know, we got a phone call because we we pray for people in Iran over the phone. So we got a phone call from this uh, this Christian lady, you know, um, and she said, you know, this grandma, she's Muslim, and her granddaughter, there's no one in the family. They have, everyone has left them. So they don't even have money to live. Now they have COVID and doctors gave them 24 hours to live and they're in the ICU. And uh, she goes there and talk to them. And that's the only person they can talk to, but now they're just about to die. And she said, would you mind talking to her? We just rang them up that night because we don't know if she's going to make, make it to the next day morning. So we rang them up that night and we just prayed and they translated. And she she's experienced this kind of love, nothing in the time we're asking for. She, she wanted to walk with Christ. <laughs> and that is the last opportunity she had. And she said, yes, I want Christ. And we prayed and she received Christ that night. And next day, morning doctors came and doctors said they don't have any symptoms and they discharged them both grandma and the granddaughter got discharged the story doesn't end there and we got a phone call two weeks later from this christian lady uh, said you know she went to visit her and they started telling a story uh, the next day she's still in the bed they don't have much, nothing much to eat they're uh, still on the bed and christ walked into her room grandma's room and started talking to her and she started, you know, Christ taught, Jesus talked to her for an hour and she, she wanted to ask him, what can I do for you? Jesus said, you know what, the next door neighbor, they don't have anything to eat. Can you give them some rice? And remember this lady, the only thing that she has on the shelf is a bit of rice. That's all she has. And she said, there's no money, nothing left. She said, Jesus, I will go and give this rice, rice to the neighbor, but please don't go. When I come back, I'm going to talk to you. Jesus said, I'm not going anywhere. And she went and gave that little bit of rice she had to the neighbor and came back. Jesus was still there. And she started talking. And that story, you know, when, when, she, when, when they shared with me, it just touched my heart. You know, it just, you know, I was in tears, you know, hearing these kind of stories and so many stories like that. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And, you know, the more I listen to you and for our listeners, I've only met Joe recently, so I'm getting to know Joe like you're getting to know Joe today. But your heart and just the love for people is is absolutely the key in sharing your faith and putting that up against that experience that you told us about when you felt like you were just sharing the fire insurance. So give me maybe your two top things, Joe. What would you say to me if I said, Joe, I really want to major on praying for people for healing, but I want to lead with the goodness of God. What do I need to do? What do I need to make sure I do? Or, or what do I not do? However you want to answer it. You know, if you even wanted to write down a simple script, it's something like this. You know, I approach a person and I just tell them, Father God loves you. They may be drinking right in front of me. They may be completely drug addicted or maybe in a really bad situation. I'll just say, Father God loves you. And he wants to show off his love to you in a way you can understand in your heart. And I'll tell them, for example, the situation is something to do with the pain or whatever. So in the name, and he doesn't want you to have that pain. So in the name of Jesus, I command that pain to live right now. Infirmities live right now. And I tell them, check it out. And they walk around and say, 
I don't have that pain anymore. And I tell, you know, the one who loves you so much, the one who healed you, his, his name is Jesus. He wants to share life with you right now if you say yes. And 99.9% of the people say, yes, I want to share life with Jesus. And I, and I just ask them, you know what, Jesus, thank you for healing me. Come and share life with me. I want to follow you. And they, most of the time when people pray, they're just in tears. They just fall in love with this God. They know they don't, they're not even worthy. But this God loves them as who they are. They realize in His eyes, I'm valued. You know, I'm loved the way I am. And all they can do is just fall in love with this Jesus. That's it. It's as simple as that. And I can do that, Joe. I can absolutely do. I can do that. And now I'm hearing you model that to me in a way that is, in my mind, yes, that's what Jesus would do. But let me ask you the question that I reckon people want to know. Yes. What do you do when you do actually pray for someone, but God doesn't heal them? Because he doesn't heal everybody. In the Bible, he didn't heal everybody. So what do you do with that? Well, uh, I found that, you know, on an average, eight out of 10 people get healed. But yeah, I don't know what to do with the other two. They don't get healed. But I noticed one thing, you know, they just kind of experience the love of Christ, love of Jesus. I don't know how they feel it. I don't understand this. Sometimes even they think that, why, why do you even bother to come to us? You know, people have rejected us. No, they don't want, even want to know about us. And now you're here and sharing about this goodness of God <laughs> with us. And I just don't force them to anything. I don't force them to church. I even tell, sometimes, you know, the look at their eyes. I just tell them, you know what? I'm not asking you to go to any church. I just want to share the goodness of God with you. I know, and because deep inside I know that, that is the one that's going to change their heart. The real metanoia, the repentance, the change of heart happens when you fall in love, you know. The example I gave you before, you know, um, my wife, eventually, you know, when I started dating, she didn't want to get married to me. And, you know, in fact, I was not in even a good financial position at the time. But she realized you know, the love of my heart. And just, she couldn't resist. She just fell in love with me, you know. It's the same thing. They just fall in love with Christ. It's nothing to do with your mind anymore, you know. All we're trying to do is just uh, sell a fire insurance, bring that fear, you know. Now, if I don't, if I take the fire insurance, I'm, you know, I'll be okay. Otherwise, this God is going to consume me. Now, from there now, you know, fall in love from the heart. So would you follow up, like if I prayed for somebody and they weren't healed, but they did sense tangibly the love of God because I know what you're saying. I could easily just follow up with it, just reiterating again, you know, how I do know why the Father loves them, so to speak. Yeah, there are times, you know, I'm, you know, Sometimes they ask me, you know, can I take your phone number? I sometimes I give the phone number, and I know it's a bit risky nowadays, but I give the phone number, and I also. Uh, for example, if like a, somebody from a Persian community, for example, I just say, okay, I know this church and you're going to meet a lot of good people and it's going to transform your life. Would you like to uh, go to that church? And I connect them with that church or some church close to their house. Because at the end of the day, it's not the church, it's not the doctrine, it's not even the Bible that's going to save them or give them life, it's Christ. So doctrines and all, you know, it means nothing there. It's Jesus himself going to transform their life. For some people, it could be an overnight thing, but for some people, it could be a lifelong thing. 
we don't know how it's going to pan out, you know. But I trust in Jesus to do whatever he started. You know, he's the author and finisher of everything, right? The faith. So he knows how to do it. Amen. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion. I'm going to, um, in our show notes, I'm going to drop some links to stuff that Joe's involved with in Western Australia and also this video that he's talking about with this gentleman under the tree. But I want to encourage you today as a listener to lead with the love of God if you are excited about miracles and you know, wanting to see God do miracles, which he is still doing today, lead with the goodness of God, as Romans 2, 4 says, is what leads people to repentance. So, Joe, thank you so much for your time today. This has been inspirational. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Good talking to you, Tina. Thanks so much for listening to the Win-Win Evangelism podcast today. If this was helpful for you, please share it with others so they can learn also. If you, your small group or your church would like to upskill more in personal evangelism, learn how it can be easy, natural and not forced, why don't you check out our online free sample course on missionwithgod.com forward slash free sample. I trust that our podcast and our online personal evangelism course can be a blessing to you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.